informative podcast all about training working dogs look no further than the lwdg pod dog this weekly show is hosted by me joanne perrott founder of the ladies working dog group and i chat to experienced trainers and experts in the field who will give you helpful tips and advice whether you're just getting started or you've been working dogs for years this podcast will have something for you so pull up a chair pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to lwdg pod dog and let us help you build a better bond with your best friend. Hello and welcome to another episode of the LWDG Pod Dog. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that is incredibly close to my heart. From the moment I went out hunting with the dogs, I knew it was really important that if I was going to be part of the process, I also had to make sure that whatever was killed was used and was sustainable. If I go beating or shooting, I make sure that we take a brace home and then we use it in our family food to make sure that there was a purpose to the passion we all enjoy. I was contacted probably two years ago now by a company called Hoddies and they talked to me a lot about how they play part in the game supply chain. So joining me today for LWDG Dog is Amy Lowe. How are you Amy? I'm very well thank you Joe. Yeah pleasure to be on with you today and have a chat to you about Hoddies. When Amy first contacted me about the food, I was massively drawn to the uh, ethos. But Amy, tell us a little bit more about what it is that makes your food different. Well, um, well, firstly, thank you for the platform. Um, Hoddies was created by a gentleman called Mark Hodson. He and I had a phone conversation probably five years ago now. Uh, he has also created the Talking Game Journal. So his life mission is to make sure that all game is consumed. Um, this hasn't always been the case, especially with the rise of um, bigger bag days and the increase in popularity of shooting. Um, so we realized there was an abundance of pheasants in the UK and pheasant is such a good source of protein. It is also incredibly low in fat. It is sustainable, it is wild. It is there on our doorstep and it just wasn't really being appreciated um, by humans perhaps. And also we thought, well, let's try and get this into other supply chains and food chains. And hence why we worked for a very long time to develop this uh, dog food to make sure that no pheasant ever goes to waste. Now what I sort of, well, I fell in love with Hardy's, I'll be honest with it. And I will be completely honest and apparent. Hardy's are fantastic. They send me two bags of dog food uh, a month for my little, my little clan. But what made me accept their very kind offer was the fact that game birds, after a day's shooting, were then used as part of the product. They were part of ensuring that anything that had been shot went on to be consumed. Now, I can get on a soapbox about this, Amy. It really is really important to me because I always think that maybe people misunderstand or haven't really thought about how important it is that we sustain the industry and we sustain shooting in order to sustain the quality of the breeding of our dogs. Now, 
I'm sure some people are thinking, well, how are, this, how are these connected? Certainly, if you're not part of the shooting community, you wonder how it's connected. But the reality of it is, we breed better and better dogs and have done so for generations to do their work on an estate. And that's why the quality of the working dogs we've got now is so high. I genuinely think that if we lose the shooting, we will see a decline in the quality of our working dogs so yeah. is that what sort of you and mark felt as well yeah of course we've um i've grown up in the countryside and and mark's grown up shooting i've worked in the shooting community and you know it's such a joy when you see somebody working their dog in the field that animal has been bred to do that job and they are absolute professionals at it um as i'm sure your members know they're sort of they know what job to do and sometimes it's us that gets it wrong. So um, I think if they were not being used for the purpose which they were bred, um, it would be very sad for them. And I think it would be really sad for the bloodlines as well, which have, you know, some people I know that have got uh, working cockers can trace them back, you know, decades back to the sort of great, 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 great grandparents. And I just, it would be such a shame to lose all that heritage and um, and that breeding, really. So uh, no, I, we definitely want to make sure that it goes full circle. So these dogs pick up the birds immaculately all the time and then they go off. Uh, and um, often the birds are breasted out and the breasts are what's used in human consumption, which is great because it's so good for humans to consume at that but it was often the, the carcass and the legs that were left behind without a home. So that's what we've taken to turn into Hoddy's dog food, which will then go back into your dogs to fuel them on their day out working. And that really is such a, a beautiful circle, isn't it? Yeah. It's the fact that, you know, like you said, our dogs do so much work on the estates, whether the dog is beaten, flushing, dogging in, whatever the job, dog's job has been throughout the whole year. It's not just the shooting season. Gamekeepers have got lots and lots of dogs as well, yeah. and they do lots of jobs. And then to make sure that those carcasses are being used as much as possible. So whereas before, maybe just the breast taken, this is ensuring the whole or as much of the bird as possible is then being put back into the food supply chain, whether that be human or animal. Correct, 100%. We were very excited as well because um, we started dabbling with this you know, many years ago and we ended up having a conversation with a pet nutritionist and uh, we gave her some pheasant to sample and she was blown away by how um, nutrient dense it was, low in fat, it ticked all the boxes that you need to fuel a working and active dog. Um, so it was from that and her excitement that we worked with her for two years to develop the recipe. So it really is perfected for these busy working and active dogs. And the amazing thing of it is they don't actually need a lot of your food, do they? No. So once we decided to create hoddies, which was to help solve a bit of a problem, we then thought, well, if we're going to do this, let's do it properly. 
So that's why we work with your nutritionist and we made sure it's got everything in it your dog will need. So you don't need to add any extra supplements. So we've got the fish oil in there, which is obviously great for their skin and their coats and their joints. Um, we put prebiotics in there, so it helps them with their digestion. Um, we also put a yucca extract in there, which I won't go into too much detail, but basically it helps um, with the, the back end, so it's not too smelly. <laughs> so you should have a dog that smells much nicer, which we've actually had one of our... Um, customers emailed me and she said I can't thank you enough for um creating hoddies because no longer does my spaniel create room clearing farts <laughs> <laughs> a testimonial in itself yeah. but no. because it's so nutrient dense and and when you're making sorry to interrupt you Joe, when you're making a kibble the most fresh meat you can put in is 26%. So we filled our quota with pheasant. There's 26% pheasant. And then we've got some wild duck in there as well. Um, and then we've got peas and carrots, uh, sweet potato. So it's also hypoallergenic and grain free because dogs, they can process a small amount of grain, but it certainly doesn't aid them and fuel them. So we don't want any fillers in there. We want only stuff that is going to help them and be nutritious to them. So because it is so nutrient dense, as you rightly say, you can feed much, much less to your dogs. When you first started out on this sort of journey, obviously, as far as I'm aware, you're one of the only sort of manufacturers who was using game in this way. Did you find that it was something unexpected? Did, were people shocked that you wanted the game for this reason? Um, it was to start with. Um, I think a few people have, have dabbled with it and there are some recipes which have a small percentage of pheasant, but there's certainly no one going out there to say, look, this is wild British pheasant. We're jamming it in there as much as we can. And I think, um, yeah, the, the pet food factory where it gets made. So we don't just make this in our back kitchen. It has to get fully signed off. The recipe needs to be signed off um, by the governing body. And it, all the labels have to be approved before we can go into production. So we can't sort of uh, falsify any claims. So when you read the label, it is all true and correct. And it is as good as it says on the label. But uh, it was, it's certainly a first for the factory that we're using to make it. And how are you finding that it's being sort of taken on board by the community? It, has it been difficult for you? And the reason I asked you to do this podcast with me today, again, because I, I could get on my soapbox and I'm really passionate about it, it could be really, really hard for a small new company like yourselves to put across the fact of, of how this is helping the dog community in the whole, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Um, there are... People expect different things of their dog food. And one of the things we've come across is people saying it's too expensive. Um, but what we have to sort of get across is the fact that we're taking a product which may contain lead. So we have to go through that process of ensuring that the lead is removed and that is not a cheap process. So that is what adds to the, the expense of the product. And we're certainly not making anywhere near the margin that other dog food producers make. Hence why we don't go to retail, we're direct consumer because the margin just isn't that big. But it's something that we felt so passionately about and we wanted to make sure was produced. Um, so that's why we continued with it. 
Um, so that's been one of the, the sort of the questions um, about the price. Is lead removed? And yes, 100% the lead is removed. We, we would certainly never take it to market if it wasn't fit for purpose. Um, and we found a company that uses a very fancy machine, which I don't really understand, but it uses lasers and AI technology to basically go through the meat and cut out any bits of lead that are remaining. And that's really good to hear from yourselves as well. But again, that, that goes back to the fact that in order for these birds that have been shot to be used for both human and for pets, there is an additional step in the process, isn't it? This isn't the case of just like chickens that are sort of come from barn somewhere or a location somewhere for no. food. This is a case of, like you said, it's it's the pheasants that we work with throughout the season, then the carcass is being used for this purpose and it's stopping wastage, isn't it? Exactly. We're stopping the wastage um, to make sure that when and if the shooting community ever gets challenged in the future, we can stand up and proudly say everything that is getting shot is being consumed. And that's really, we just want to do our little bit to try and make it as um, defendable and future-proof it for next generations. It would be really sad if our children couldn't go picking up or if the dogs can't go working. And that's we want to just make sure there's a future for it really um obviously the chicken industry in the uk is you know great it, it produces a lot of work for um, the agricultural industry but there is a huge increase in antibiotic resistance in that meat and that will then pass on down the chain to um other animals so i just wanted to pick up on the fact that because the pheasants so wild and it could even be a few years old before it gets to us then that you know they, it doesn't have that antibiotic buildup. so it really is such a good natural product to be feeding your dogs when you talk there about sort of future proofing for the mm. for our future generations but also our ability to defend now i come from a family where when i was younger we went fox hunting and i could see as a smallholder's daughter the reason why and i can understand why lots of people didn't understand why there's this perception lots of people dressed up on horseback chasing poor little foxy and it yeah. does come across one way yeah. many people see it as they wish to perceive it yeah i think with shooting that story or that perception is is heightened even further because shooting is not a cheap sport um, and people perceive it as being whichever way they see it. But the reality of it is, the importance is that if the game is being consumed, we have a place of, not defence, because I don't like the word of defence, but we can be proud of what we do in some ways. And the reality of, if you are a meat eater of any meat, you can know that that pheasant lived a very wild life or as as wild as we possibly could get it to be before it ended up on your plate. Exactly. Going back to what you said about the, the hunting, shooting debate, hunting always had the reason um, of pest control, whereas shooting is a leisure activity. There is no, no other um, way to describe it. Um, and if we can harvest something from that, so um, from the leisure element, you are creating jobs in rural economies, which I'm all about. I'm a Midwalian girl and there is not much um, terms of economy in Mid Wales, but 
what shooting has brought to the area is money, it's employment, it's diversification when it comes to the rearing. There's so much that it brings to the local economy that I want to continue. There is a reality that shooting plays a huge part in environmental conservation. Hedges being kept for birds, small woodlands being kept for birds. You know, I think, yes, it, as much as it can be perceived, and it is a ledger facility on regards of the shooter, but for yeah. everything else that goes round it, including the breeding of our top quality dogs, yeah. that's a whole community, a whole industry, a whole sector of our country that stands behind that. Exactly, and that's what I think would be such a shame if that didn't continue, um, because of the perception from the greater public. There are so many positives that it brings to the community. As you say, that's that not only the economic, but the social element of it. People live in rural communities and it gives them an opportunity to um, get outside, which is obviously we both know great for our mental health, our physical health. It's that social bonding, an opportunity to go out and talk to people during these dark winter days. So there's so many other benefits to shooting. It's not just um, the pleasure of the person that is in the line shooting the gun. Um, there's also so much that would be lost in terms of the breeding of the dogs and the quality of the working dogs you know which are used throughout the year that if it is shooting you know wasn't around then I think sadly their numbers would would decrease and it would be such a shame for your ladies to not be able to go out and and work them but um I, I don't want to this is sounding like really negative like it's sort of on the cusp but I really hope that doesn't happen and it's just I don't, I don't think it's negative at all I think we took part in the game fair last year to talk about this conversation because whilst it can be quite a controversial conversation it's a conversation that i like to have because it allows people then to decide what they believe what you know i'm a i'm a huge believer in making sure that you take lots of information from lots of places and you form opinions of your own of going forward but for me my values and i think most of the ladies within our community because of our community say for example 50% go on shoots and their dogs physically work on an estate. There's yeah. another 50% that don't, but still love to train their dog to do what it was bred to do. It's very, very important to them. And then of that 50%, some actually transfer over. They'll start their journey and say, I'm never going to go on an estate. I'm never going to take my dog picking up. And then three years later, they say to the trainers, could I go picking up? And it's nice to see that they then become part of our community Maybe. and that community only really if you think comes together as in the shooting season yeah. for a very small amount of the year but for the rest of the year supporting things like your food supporting things like people who make i don't know they make feather pictures they make uh feather baubles or people who make different things that all of this community is based around when it comes to pheasants being reconsumed some way, it's a, it's a huge market, isn't it? It is, it's a huge market. And I think um, the majority of people that live in the countryside um, do understand that and support that. Um, and it's 
the wider, more urban, and I, I don't want to stereotype urban country because there's rights and wrongs and differences in, in both sides, but it tends to be the more urban conurbations that don't understand the, the bigger picture of and the benefits around driven shooting in the UK. And it's not just a boy's day out. So um, I think the more you can support it in terms of consumption, or as you say, even take somebody that's never been on a shoot before with you picking up for a day and let them see the joy that is brought to so many people in terms of the picking up field, the beaters, you know, go and sit around the 11s trailer. There's so much positivity that comes out of it that I think would be, would be a shame if it wasn't there. So we just wanna make sure that we're, we're getting pheasant into that full circle so it gets the full life cycle really and that consumption is the pivotal part of this isn't it is the fact that we have to prove that there is a value to the bird after it's been shot that it that it does play a part in feeding humans animals whatever they, they are being used and it isn't an indiscriminate act no exactly and there's so much value in, in the pheasant as well. I mean, it's certainly not a byproduct. I think it is the chief product of uh, shooting because honestly, the feedback we've had from people outside of the shooting community about how well their dogs look eating hoddies, you know, it really is just so fit for purpose in terms of getting the best out of your dogs. And um, it's quite interesting, actually. We we trialled it with a chap who runs a team of dogs picking up. He's I think he runs uh, five dogs, and he trialled it for a little while, and he was a bit um, cautious. I think is the word because it was of the higher price point compared to what he normally uh, bought. And when he's running such a large team of dogs, he was conscious how the cost could ex escalate. However, he tried it and he said he was using only a quarter of the volume of food compared to the cheaper brand. So he said it actually works out at the same price because you don't need to feed the volume of it compared to other foods that might have more fillers in. So with regards to um, Hardy's going uh, forward, yes. at the moment you're, you're a young business taking yes. your part or share of, of the, the pheasants and then using them in the food. Do you see this being somewhere where something you're, as you grow, you're going to be able to take more and more and help the, the rural sport even more? Yeah, of course. I mean, we, everything we do is about making sure that this sustainable wild protein is being utilized. Um, we have got plans and we are developing another recipe at the moment for another a protein source from the, the UK countryside and something that is perhaps deemed more of a pest and that is growing in population. So um, I'll leave you guys to work out what it might be. But um, that's another recipe we're working on. But for us, it's to make sure that we, we're using this amazing crop out of the British countryside. And it, we are really proud to be British as well. Like there's so many products that are made abroad and we're so proud that we're made in the UK. We've got a fulfillment house up in Leeds and it's all done out of the UK. And uh, I mean, hopefully we can um, start exporting as well at some point, but uh, we haven't quite opened up back those markets yet. The, this obviously this wasn't something that we'd, we'd planned to chat about, but 
I think going through COVID, and I know COVID's not over by any means, but I've been really shocked by how much stuff we import in and where there's gaps, you know, in our normal stuff. You know, if you go to, to yeah. any supermarket, there's gaps on the shelf because we yeah. just don't have that capability to produce here in the UK. Do you think that being a UK based, a UK firm is something that is now becoming more, I don't know, more attractive to people because we're very, very aware that in order to not lose the supply chain, it's better if it's based at home? Yeah, I think um, and everybody's a bit patriotic, aren't they? And uh, the Queen's Jubilee, it's all things uh, Royal Britannia. But uh, no, I think we're proud of that. And if people um, enjoy ensuring that they've got sort of low food miles as well for their produce, because some of the bigger um, dog food brands will import from, you know, Far Eastern chicken sources. So in terms of food mileage, it you can't get a better story, really. Um, so we're, no, we're thrilled and we want to keep it that way as well. The one good thing as well about our product is we don't put grain in. Um, grain is just a filler that people often put in and it's often known as a cheap filler. However, due to the war now, um, sadly in Eastern Europe, there is a huge increase in the price of grain. So actually what historically was a cheap filler means that your cheaper dog foods are actually becoming much more comparable in price to a, a bag of hoddies. I went to our local pet food shop in, in Romsey in Hampshire and if I had hoddies on the shelf there it would be the cheapest one. That is quite a huge change isn't it like you said yeah. and we're seeing that in, in human foods and in, like you said in our pet foods. Yeah. With regards to you know protein levels something that we've always had to chat about um in the in the group in the community is how much protein is too much protein yeah. when you were building hardies you worked with a nutritionist who said that this was the right um level for our types of dogs yeah so um as we said pheasant is very high in protein so it naturally has a high protein content so if we'd have tried to dumb that down and bring that back it would have been through fillers and that's not where we wanted to be so yes it's i think i think we're at 31% protein um it's 31% gray i'm just checking <laughs> um so it is high in comparison however if you are working your dogs you need something that's going to keep them going all day and what i do with our working dogs here at home we've got two working labradors and a jack russell she'd tell you that she's the hardest working dog but, um, I cut them back I cut them back in the summer they don't need that amount you know they're not working as hard so you people often ask me how much should I feed my dog and I just think you know your dog you'll get a feel for it I mean you must have found that Joe when you started feeding hoddies to your dogs you just we we give a suggested amount which has come from the nutritionist but you know if your dog's going to have a busy week ahead or if it's going to have a really you know you're going off to the beach with the dogs and actually they're in the back of your camper for a week you don't want them running around so you sort of bring it back a bit so I think it's just about knowing your dog and managing it day to day really. For me um, as people who follow the ladies working dog group know we don't do lots of um promotion of other businesses. I've tried very much across the board to keep us neutral so that all 
all companies can talk to us all companies can offer promotions because i didn't want to see us to be aligned to a certain brand however on saying that what i found personally with your brand is we had the one boy who i couldn't get any weight on and he started putting weight on and and doing well we have another little girl ella who likes to put the weight on a little bit too much <laughs> <laughs> and it was very easy to maintain her um and we've had another little boy come in now who he came in a bit slighter than i like and i do think like you said what our dogs look like is an absolute preference you know some within a range people know what they want to like. yeah. he was a bit lighter than i like him and he prone weight really really quickly as he was new he had two two standard vet um appointments between the two months apart he put on three kilograms of weight and the vet was like he looks absolutely fantastic now the vet was like well you can put on more and i was like no he's like where i like him now he's that's the right level he's got good muscle definition he looks good like you said there's not um we have no back end problems um and it's really, really nice to see but again on, on top of that i know when i'm feeding it I'm doing that extra part outside of the season to still support what I believe in. Exactly. I think it's something that once you get your dog onto a diet that suits, then you you keep it there. And now, obviously, I would love if all your ladies went out and bought hotties. But honestly, we're not we're not a pushy brand. We're here we're, to tell you our story. This is what we, we're trying to achieve is trying to make sure that pheasant is consumed. In doing that, we've created something that we're really proud of and that we feed to our dogs. And if you guys um, feel like giving it a go and giving it a try, then that's fantastic. But if you're happy with what you've got, you know, then stick with it because we're, we're really not pushy. We were at a um, trade event uh, beginning of the month and there was another dog food brand on the, on the big pavilion that we were in. And they were going out and grabbing people and saying and and dissing all other types of dog food other than their own and that is just not us you know your dog you know what's right but all i can tell you is that our dogs are on hotties they look great they perform great um, and we're doing our bit to sort of support the future of the shooting um and that's why i invited you on because i think that is so so important if people have listened to this today and they're like i'd like to try it where can i where can i get it where can i sample it how do they get hold of you it's really simple we're online only so it's um hotties.co.uk and on there you can order a free sample um i will um just say that i think joe's got some samples so if you're at an event with her she can hand you some out but if um it's before then you want to grab a sample then uh, that we, you just have to pay the postage and packaging because we had a few people who took advantage of the free samples and were uh, ordering it quite liberally <laughs> um i find the sample bags absolutely perfect for having like treats with you because they're just a nice little bag but yeah anybody um who has purchased anything from us would have received one in the uh, pack. Also, the ladies who came and met us in the regional meetups, they've also had a pack. So yeah, if you're going to see me soon, you'll probably be able to grab a pack off me. Um, I'm quite happy to carry it and hand it out. Um, or just contacted Amy. Amy, thank you so much for this. Um, if anybody wants any more information, they can go on your website and find out that. 
Is that where we'll all find out about what the new recipe will be too? And that is where it will be. And we've got our social media, um, Hoddy's Dog Food as well. So we'll announce it up on there as well. But uh, it'd be a very similar, similar product. And um, I hope um, your ladies enjoy. We've um, The one thing that is quite handy, actually, I'll just plug this at the end. We do a six kilo bag and it's resealable. So if you're going out in the car quite a lot, you can chuck that in the back of your car, seal it back up and uh, away to go. No need to worry about um, carrying lots of little bits of dog food everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. Um, Thank you all for listening to another episode of LWDG Poddog. I hope this has helped you to be informed about how ensuring that the game that we shoot is used is really really important for the sport and the industry that we all love on the sport of the industry that your dogs were produced for um it was absolutely fantastic talking to you amy i'm i sit in a in a nice position now where i get to chat to people all around the world and i was chatting to a lady not so long ago they hunt mountain cat in america and i said what happens to the mountain cat after? Because I was like, well, how, you know, how is it consumed? Is it consumed? And they eat it, humans, in the, they just them in the freezer. And I was like, that quite, it quite opened my eyes really to A, the amount of different animals that, that dogs hunt, but also the fact that there's quite a lot of times where hunting is for, is for life, is for the freezer. Yeah, that's where it came from. That's where it originated from, really. That's why these dogs are so good at doing what they do. Absolutely. Um, Thank you all again, and we look forward to speaking to you next week for another episode of LWDG Pod Dog. Thank you for listening to LWDG Pod Dog with me, Joe Parrott. Now, we all know training a dog takes time, energy, and patience, but our lives can be really, really busy. Don't worry, the LWDG has got you covered. Join us for our free planning workshop where we'll show you how to use short 10 minute training sessions each day to fast forward your dog's education. Our experts have years of experience in training dogs and will help you get started on the right foot. Register now and start making progress with your furry friend today. Go to our Facebook page, The Ladies Working Dog Group, and click on the pinned post or visit www.thelwdg.com.